0: Summer edition is going to see the end of the pac 12 here at some point in the near future. Um, we got into the potential for conference realignment earlier in the show. Um, I just want to let, you know, Ed, that, uh, our friend Fernando had some, some takes for you. Um, he believes that, uh, Mark Ziegler is delusional saying UNLV is a hot up and coming program. Um, also says the Coach Arroyo might say, I'm out of here after this season.
1: I saw that one, Fernando. W- where is he going? <laughs> Does Fern- has Fernando followed the last two years? Is he, is he up to date on what's happening with the program? <laughs> I mean, wh- what is he talking about? I like Fernando's takes, but that one I kind of paused at and said I don't know where he would be going on his own volition, on his own choice.
0: He might be out of here after this season but it won't be a good thing for him it might be he might be gone but it won't be his choice so uh fernando we love you keep sending us by uh, the way we also got a tweet from from
1: lorenzo uh you do not get your hat back i've been to two of them
0: oh okay Okay. so so little little false advertising there with the whole get your hat back thing sounds like you might not actually get it so the part of this whole conference realignment thing i want to talk about now though Is this alliance or potential alliance between the Pac-12 and the ACC? Uh, We had some reports yesterday about the Pac-12 and the ACC forming some sort of alliance. It could end with a championship game between an ACC and a Pac-12 champion in Las Vegas. Um, So we might get a random college football game between Clemson and Washington or something like that. Uh, Here in Las Vegas, if this were to actually happen. But what do you make of this Pac 12 ACC alliance? Well,
1: is this doing them any good as the Big 12 expands to try to get into that number three slot like (laughs) Ziggler talked about? What does this alliance do for them so they can have a championship game between the Pac 12 and to continue to hold on to the Pac 12 as, you know, kind of as their buddy here? Um, Ziegler made a good point in terms of Stroman's trying to be number three. It certainly looks like the Big 12 is on the road to do that with uh, perhaps 18 teams. I don't know the advantages of this uh, in terms of this alliance. What benefit would it be? Who's who's benefiting from this? I assume the Pac-12, because they're losing so many teams, and the ACC is a stronger conference at this point if the Pac-12 loses all these teams. But I don't see the benefit for the ACC in this unless they're I mean again, shouldn't they be trying to do what the Big 12 does?
0: That's what I would think. Like if you're the ACC right now, I don't understand what good this does for you. And I know a lot of people are saying this is being driven by ESPN trying to set up this game in Las Vegas between the Big 12 or Pac-12 and ACC champions or whatever. But like I don't understand if you're the if you're the ACC right now, Really, only one thing matters for the ACC, and that is that you don't get your teams poached by the SEC or the Big Ten. Right. That's that's literally it. Right. If, right. The, if the ACC stands pat and they have the, the membership they have now, they keep that membership into the future, right? The ACC's fine. I mean, the ACC can look around and say, we've got Clemson, Miami, Florida State, North Carolina, Virginia Tech, we got Duke basketball. Like, the ACC as is is fine it's not the sec in the big 10 if that's where they want to be they need to make some drastic changes but if they just want to be hey we're, we're like third best i think they're in gr- a great spot to do that and forming an alliance with the pac 12 i don't understand what that would do to benefit the acc I, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me that the acc would want to do this the pac 12 Absolutely, because sure. the Pac-12 wants to do anything it can to, to survive. stay
1: together and to survive.
0: Right, and if that's a hey, we'll make an extra five million per school because we're going to play the ACC at the end of the year and have this game in Las Vegas. The Pac-12 should be doing anything it can. Yeah, but I just can't quite comprehend what exactly the ACC would get out of some weird alliance. I mean, with they the Pac-12. want a they
1: want a championship game that much in Las Vegas.
0: I and even that, like. Would that really be that big of a deal?
1: No, not with what's happened with the SEC and the Big Ten.
0: Right. Like and maybe I, with the Big 12. Like, I, I guess, okay, we've had Clemson be really good for whatever that uh, five- or six-year stretch there, right? And if you had 12 or 13-0 Clemson playing against a one- or two-loss Oregon, right, like, that would be a big game at the end of the year. But – that's not going to happen every year. That's probably not going to happen most years and you're going to end up with a hey, here's 10 and 2 Clemson against 9 and 3 Washington. Utah. Right. And it's like I mean it it it'd be a fun game, but I don't know how actually good that game would be, right? Like it like the Pac-12 championship game most years is sort of regarded as, oh, it's sort of the worst of the Power 5 Conference Championship games because they're always out of the college football playoff and you always have like a 8-4 and four team that got in there. It's going to be the same thing if you have the Pac-12 champion play the ACC champion unless there's actual playoff implications for both teams, which there's no real guarantee it is. No, there's the no SEC. guarantee
1: with four teams that there is.
0: Right, and with the SEC and the Big Ten, like, those two might just end up getting their best two teams yeah. in the four-team playoff at some point. So I just, I don't know. To me, it just seemed like a stupid idea that didn't really benefit
2: anybody except, well, except the maybe think, the Pac-12. I think the Pac-12, think
1: the Pac-12 it benefits if they're going to continue to fall apart.
2: I know in terms of this, you guys are mainly talking about football, but do you think the Big Ten would have a problem if the Pac-12 tried to create this alliance with the ACC since the Big Ten and the ACC kind of have, uh, quote-unquote, an alliance for basketball because they do the Big Ten ACC Challenge every year. Yeah.
1: I don't think anything matters beyond football. Yeah. I don't think anything matters beyond football.
2: And even
0: if they did this alliance, you can still have the ACC Big Ten Challenge. Yeah, like, I think it's not completely
1: gonna... separate. You could still, yeah. still have the that ACC challenge. The ACC
0: could do a Big Ten and a Pac-12 sure. challenge if they wanted to. There's You got you got enough non-conference games to make that happen. So I don't think the Big I think that's the part. Like the Big Ten and the SEC, I don't know that either one of them looks around and really cares what the other conferences are no, doing. No, right? Like, no. Right? No, they're
1: viewing themselves as the top two conferences, and they're going to do what they want
0: and if they decide if at any point the Big 10 decides you know what we do want Oregon and Washington they're going to go take Oregon and Washington because if and you're Oregon, Oregon and Washington Washington
1: will run there
0: right you'd be stupid not to go to the Big 10 right now so i i think it's it's fascinating that like the Pac 12 and and maybe it's not that surprising that they would sort of latch on to any potential idea that could help them out at the moment because they are fending off extinction to some degree here so it's not that surprising. I just don't know how much it would help. And by the way, from a Las Vegas standpoint, would a lot of people go to that?
1: Uh, they'd have to hope teams travel.
0: They'd because, have to hope
1: teams travel. I don't know if locals would go, even if it was Clemson against Oregon. I mean, because, some people yeah. would, but I think they'd have to really hope teams travel.
0: Because you would have, in most scenarios, right, you, would have, you wouldn't find out who was playing in that sort of championship game until a week or two. Right,
1: right. Before you'd have to buy it. tickets. It's so like it's not game.
0: like, Right. It's not like a, hey, you've got a year to prepare because the schedule's out. Like, you wouldn't know until right beforehand. And let's say, for example, you get a great matchup, and it's 12-0 Clemson against 11-1 and Oregon. Personally, me, if I'm a Clemson fan, right, I'm saving my money and I'm traveling to the playoff right, game right. that I'm hoping to play. That
1: happens a lot. That right. happens a lot.
0: So, I don't, I mean... I don't think it'd be terrible, but I just think from a Las Vegas standpoint, I don't know that that would be the best game for, like, attendance just because you don't know who's in it until right before it. And honestly, it's not the biggest game that the teams in that might be playing, right? Clemson might be going to the title. Right. Going going to the four-team championship. Right. So I just, I look around and think, I don't know that that would be the greatest game for Las Vegas. Not that we should say no to it, but... I don't know that it's going to be this great college football game. And to go back to ESPN on this, I guess they get an extra game out of it in late November, maybe early December, but I don't even know if it's that big of a game for TV either, depending on who's in it. So I don't know, just doesn't the whole, and and by the way, the other part on the Alliance thing, we just saw an Alliance and then the big 10 broke it and stole some of the Pac-12 teams. Like, this whole idea of an alliance is, sure, make your alliance, but as soon as something better comes along for one of these conferences, it's over. The alliance no longer matters.
1: Um, interesting stuff from Pete Thamel uh, on the Pac-12. There isn't a strong appetite among the remaining 10 members to add a few Mountain West schools like San Diego State or Boise or to WC's Gonzaga in basketball to soldier on. Uh, if Pete's report is true, that doesn't seem like it's good news for the Mountain West unless, like you said earlier the only four left are Stanford, Cal, Washington State, and Oregon State, and they need somewhere to go, right? I mean, but if it, if they hang on here and they convince teams to stay, maybe they just stay at 10, if what Pete's saying, and there's just not an appetite for a San Diego State or Boise.
0: So this goes back to, like, what's your objective as one of these conferences? And if you're the Pac-12, right, your your objective, A, is to survive. But if they get to a point where, hey, We're going to survive. We're not going to lose any more teams or whatever. And what do we do next? Adding a team should only be done for two reasons. Either one, it generates more television money, or two, it puts you in some stratosphere closer to the SEC and the Big Ten.
1: Well, I don't know if either of those teams would do it.
0: Right. And so you look at, say, San Diego State or Boise State or even throw UNLV in there none of those programs are good enough to where it makes you more competitive with the SEC right, the Big Right, exactly. Team. Does it add more and money TV to wise? the conference TV deal? Maybe. No, maybe. Maybe you could argue, hey, the San Diego market, we got Southern California yeah. back in play. Maybe, but it's not going to be a substantial amount. Not the,
1: not the other two markets that you're talking about. Yeah, Boise and the Boise, hundreds.
0: yeah, and, and probably not even Las Vegas. Right, so in the if, 40s. If you're the Pac-12 and if you can manage to say, hey, we've got these 10, who can we add that actually helps us? You might look at Mountain West schools and say, yeah, you guys are fine programs, but we're not making more money because of San Diego State or Boise State or UNLV. So we're not going to add any of those four schools. So I think the, the disappointing part for most Mountain West schools is I think we're finding out they're just simply not attractive enough. Right. They just simply are not. I don't think we're
1: I don't think we're surprised at that.
0: No, but I, mean, I think it's it's been a like everybody in the Mountain West. It's like been like their objective was, is,
1: it was to get to the Pac-12.
0: Right. And there might be a golden opportunity of a 10 team Pac-12 that you'd be like, oh, of course they're going to add teams. Why wouldn't they? But we might find out that, yeah, they just aren't that if they interesting. can remain
1: 10 and strong. They'll probably remain that. Yeah, according to this report, and and like you said, you just mapped out the reasons as to why they're just not attractive. Ziggler did as well as 7:30 with the resources and the revenues and how much those schools are really worth on a a yearly basis, and why would I, as Ziggler said, if you're Oregon or Washington, you're saying why do I need to cut the pie with two more teams like San Diego State or Boise State,
0: which is a brutal blow to any of these schools that think they can get into a power conference because. What we all assume is going to happen is there's going to be a split in college football. And if you if these schools can't get into a Pac-10, then they're never going to get into sort of that upper echelon of college football. It's just not going to happen for them. And that's a brutal place to be where you sort of have it slapped in your face. Yep. You're just simply not good enough. We don't care. You're just simply not good enough to help us out you're not going to be playing for a national championship ever.
1: That's a scary situation form. for them, that they're just going to yeah. be left out of the complete future of college football and they'll have no yeah. chance.
0: They'll be, uh, I mean, what effectively, will they be? Division, effectively Division Two at some right. point would be the guess. All right, coming up next, Sam and Ash join the show. Guys, guys, did you know that I actually have a civil case against that that stole my husband? Don't sue a stripper. Why not? She's a stripper. Life sued her, and she lost.
3: Call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit their website, samandashlaw.com. Sam and Ash, because you deserve what's right. Good morning, Sam. Hey, Sam. Hey, Ash. Good morning hey guys. guys. How's it going?
1: Good, good. Happy birthday to Rocky. Was that yesterday?
4: It was yesterday. Oh, what a oh, big
1: day. What a bad.
3: big day. In spite of Ed's best efforts, Rocky lived to be for. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I'll say happy Wait.
1: birthday. I'll I'll shout out happy birthday to my daughter today. 21. Uh-oh.
3: Hey. Oh. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Congratulations. Uh-oh. Wow. Big, <laughs> yeah, well. Big
1: party today. Uh this weekend six friends coming into town. I want to I want to know nothing about it, Sammy. Ooh. I want uh, to know nothing about what's going to happen. Uh, Vegas uh, with six friends. Come on.
0: Uh, Ash, what uh, what did Rocky get for his birthday yesterday?
4: Oh, he got, you know, he got a few toys. Of course, he got his routine trip to In-N-Out for a puppy patty. And yeah. so he lived his best life and we just did whatever he wanted.
0: Isn't that every day, though? Yeah, it's, a great, <laughs> it's a great point. What's a great point. Not Let's much
4: has checking. changed. <laughs> um, hey. Ed, before we get into it, I gotta know: Did you hear the famous peanut guy at the Dodger Stadium? He's been banned from throwing peanuts.
1: Oh, I might have read that. Update me. Why, what did he hit someone in the head?
4: No, just the the food concession company thinks it's too dangerous for spectators, so they've told him he can no longer throw peanuts to people.
0: Well, listen, I'm
4: devastated.
0: Just just a bag of peanuts.
4: Yeah. Isn't that like it, it's America's pastime? Part of it is the risk of being hit in the head with a bag of yeah, peanuts. Yeah, that's not
1: that's that that's on the back of the ticket. You might be hit with a <laughs> bag of peanuts on the head. Does He's he, darn right.
0: Does he throw anything else, or are we we really just talking bag of peanuts?
4: Bag of peanuts. No, just bag
1: of peanuts. He just he just that's those all around. he does. Yeah. That's well, he... I
3: mean, Ed's
0: Ed's right about the back of the ticket. You might get hit by a ball, but the bag <laughs> of peanuts can't happen.
4: Sam, oh. what do you think? Um.
3: I think the problem is peanut allergies. Now I don't know. Do you need to ingest a peanut in order to die from it? If you have an allergy, I, I you know, the, there's like a one in a million chance that someone's going to drop dead. But I mean, you. But I mean, your guys are right. The tr- same is true for a ball. There are a lot more dangerous things in a stadium.
4: They should have peanut-free sections in the ballpark.
3: Yes, I like out that. in like the furthest outfield.
1: Well, yes. I feel more depressed, Ash, if we weren't up five and a half in the Padres. So I'll, oh, I'll let Jesus. Peanut Guy go. Yeah there we go okay
0: <laughs> all right the hot dog eating contest on July 4th Joey Chestnut won again but the most interesting part Joey Chestnut like choke slammed a protester that made his way on stage and was right in front of Joey Chestnut trying to get camera time and Joey Chestnut arms around his neck threw him to the ground Uh, we've talked about sort of protesters, people running into sporting events before. We don't often see the actual contestants or athletes of the sport do something. Normally, there's a security element involved. I'm guessing nothing can actually happen to Joey Chestnut here, regardless of what happened to the protester he threw to the ground.
3: There is no one that is going to side uh, with with, with the protester on this one, right? I mean, so Chestnut's got a handful of hot dogs. He's like, I didn't want to drop the Franks. He ends up putting the guy in a headlock, kind of diffusing the situation. And then he ends up winning, I know. which is.
4: Dropped 63 hot dogs and a protester.
0: It's <laughs> a big deal. Did day. Do you
3: get bonus points for the protester?
4: I think so.
0: No, it's, it's a good thing. He's so good. If he had lost by like one hot dog, it would have been a nightmare. They mm, would really have devastating. had devastating.
3: To- so so yeah. I actually think the suit would be the other way around for the, against the protester. I mean, for for interfering with this because there's money on the line, right? I mean, there's oh, a, yeah. there's a prize here. Oh, yeah. It's not just for for brownie points. You you actually get money, and so if if Joey had missed out on the on the on the purse, I th- I th- I would have. I definitely think they could have they could have sued this guy and whoever was with him for for the stunt.
1: Why and maybe you guys know this, the security not tighter events like this or can you just not, can you just not avoid this where everyone's eating, everyone's watching the eaters, they're not really maybe in tune with what might be going on, but you'd think there's security there in case something like this happens. For him to get all the way to chestnut was pretty amazing
4: yeah it's a great question i mean this is one of those things about fan experience the spectators they want to be right there and enjoy the food the eating competition and frankly this guy pun intended, this guy looked just like every other person. He had a rolled up sign and a mask, a Darth Vader mask. I mean, how do you pull... It's not like he had anything metal on him, so even if you have metal detectors, it, that's really difficult. So, look, I think there's always a balancing act that these events have to have to struggle with, of how far do we keep the fans back, how much security, how distanced everything is, versus uh, protecting these competitors. So, I, it's tough, and I really just hope we don't ruin our sports in competitions like this, for the few that are trying to interfere with them. Uh,
0: another story in the NBA: Miles Bridges, who played for the Hornets last season, his wife uh, posted on social media some pictures of her after an alleged uh, attack from Miles Bridges. He was arrested for domestic violence. Uh, allegedly, choked his wife until she passed out, broke her nose, uh, gave her a concussion as well um from uh, this isn't the legal part of this but from like the basketball side of this how are because miles bridges is a free agent right he could sign with any team how are nba teams and sports teams in general like how do you guys see them in terms of sort of self-policing in terms of hey we don't want to touch that because we don't know exactly what's going on there like how often do teams say We don't care about that versus, hey, we're not going to touch Miles Bridges because we don't know exactly what's happening.
4: Well, we've got an example with Deshaun Watson and the Cleveland Browns. That's an example of when there's criminal investigation. And in that, in this case, there's actual charges pending against Miles Bridges, whereas Deshaun Watson doesn't. So, look, between the leagues and the players associations, their unions, they have these policies that set out very detailed guidelines between uh, violations of domestic abuse, sexual assault and those, I, those types of allegations and whether or not they're charged with criminal Crimes, how the investigations proceed, whether or not they're put on leave, and what the punishments are. And so here the NBA will have to look at taking action. But the teams, look, he's a free agent, He should the person that's, I mean, he should have probably signed the deal if he's going to be a bad guy like this, I mean, he's now been Facing drug allegations about a month ago, domestic abuse claims that are very significant. Uh so he's his own worst enemy. And so but the league and the teams are very interested in in what they do.
1: Sam, uh depending on how this goes, she shared everything on social media. Is there a civil action against that? Or for whatever reason he's he's released of the charges and all of a sudden he comes back and says, Look what you did to my reputation?
3: Well, I think we saw that uh play out with um with a recent high-profile case where the, what the lady alleged turned out to maybe possibly not be true, uh, so if if this is an Amber Heard 2.0, uh, then then sure, I mean there, there, he very well could have a case uh, for, uh, for for uh, for wrongfully accusing him of all this. But but look, um, I I don't know we, we we'll we'll see, right? I mean at the, at this point, it seems to be a credible allegation. And if further facts come up down the road, then, then certainly there could be some recourse.
0: We have seen stories recently, the Chargers, their own owners, their families suing the owner. The Orioles have brothers suing each other over the Baltimore Orioles and not doing what's best for the franchise. But now we have the Tampa Bay Rays and a group of minority owners who own roughly 10% of the Tampa Bay Rays are suing the majority owner, and I think that the main claim here is that they're saying the majority owner sort of transferred the Tampa Bay Rays into a new business entity and didn't tell the minority owners, and then took a $376 million payment from their television deal with uh, Fox Sports in, in Tampa there, and basically put this into this new entity that the minority owners did not know about. I and here's the part of it to me: Would he real? Would the majority owner really think he could get away with that? Just like, hey, here's three hundred and seventy-six million dollars. I'm gonna hide from my other owners.
3: Yeah, this is this is fraud and unjust enrichment. And just because it's coming out with with teams doesn't mean it, it doesn't it doesn't happen in other family run and and large businesses that have you know a limited pool of of owners. And and this is. This, by the way, it's not uncommon that majority owners find ways to take advantage of, of you know, these 1%, 2%, 3%, 5% owners. And, and yeah, tunneling out of the business or separating from the business, such a, an, a large lucrative chunk of revenue is, is inappropriate. They're right to sue, and if the facts are as they allege, this is, this is bad and the courts will, will intervene.
1: Yeah, you just mentioned though this this happens more than we
3: probably think it does. Absolutely, it happens with companies all over, uh, and I'm not. I mean, these sports teams are are no different than other large kind of closely held companies, and and there's there's hundreds of millions of dollars at stake, billions of dollars in some cases, and and so no doubt, you know, you've got you got you've got parents, you've got kids, aunts, uncles involved, and and there's there's family dynamics that play into it. There's uh, certainly, there's uh, there's a desire to, to there's greed that is a, is an enormous factor, and ego, and, yeah, ego, absolutely.
0: Is there really an expectation that they could hide three hundred and seventy six million dollars from other owners though?
4: Well, when you're looking at the ownership stakes and how big and how valuable these assets really are, yeah, I mean, they're going to try it. Look, didn't we just read an article about how the Washington commanders allegedly the owner was what he was fudging their ticket sales so that he didn't have to pay the other teams their share of revenue? So, I mean, this stuff hap- this stuff happens, like Sam said, when there's money involved, there's greed and there's people trying to keep it for themselves and they will, they will think their arrogance will get in the way.
0: All right, well, I guess that's almost as bad as throwing peanuts at fans at Dodger Stadium.
3: <laughs> almost. Almost. <laughs> almost
0: as bad. Almost. They are Sam and Ash <laughs> at salmonashlaw.com. 702-820-1234 is the phone number. As always, guys, we appreciate it. Thanks, you guys. It's fun. Thanks,
3: guys. Take, Take care. care. Bye.
0: Uh, so, Ed, you ever been hit in the head with some peanuts at a baseball no, game? No, I
1: know who the guy is. I know who the guys. But you I, I got to yeah. be honest with you. I'm surprised it hasn't happened before this because of you know kind of the world we live in and you know you get hit in the head or something happens and you know all of a sudden someone's in trouble um, throwing things but it's, a, but it's a bag of peanuts I listen I know I'm with you on that but uh, <laughs> people are different than you and I in these situations and Danny's smiling I think Danny's smiling cuz the sky's probably uh, underdogs or underdogs oh. by 3 now he got a better number <laughs> he's not he's not smiling about anything on the show um, I'm a little surprised it hasn't happened before because of that you know um but i agree with you it's a bag of peanuts deal with it all right
0: coming up next it's bischoff's briefs or maybe it's going to be danny updating us on wnba betting lines
1: bischoff's briefs
2: Son, I didn't understand a word you
1: just said. Bischoff's Briefs. Hey, thanks. That is not a compliment. Ah, I disagree. Bischoff's Briefs.
3: Okay, well, that was just a list of complete nonsense, but you're not totally wrong.
1: Bischoff's Briefs.
0: All right, Danny, how are the WNBA lines looking?
2: So there has been some slight movement. <laughs> uh chicago sky is now down to uh minus one and a half favorite uh they at the beginning of our show they were minus three or three and a half um and then the aces are still holding at minus 11 but the over under has gone down from 170 to now it's at 168 uh,
0: so people how, are hitting or, the how under are hard. you holding out how long are you holding out on that chicago game
2: um i'm I'm hoping to see if they can get down to one, and then I'll probably get it at our next break.
0: (laughs) Okay. Hopefully, I time up Bischoff's briefs well for you. All right. Bischoff's briefs today, taking a look at Major League Baseball because there was a story in ESPN last week, and we got a couple of interesting. Uh, news bites from Rob Manfred. One, Ed, you and I did not get to talk about last week. I, I don't know. You I, Maybe it's because you left on Friday. I don't remember. But Rob Manfred said in 2024, the automated ball strike zone system, or as it's commonly known, robot umpires will likely be introduced. Are we getting a robot strike zone in 2024?
1: Oh, please, can we get that? Can we get that? I watch every night over and over and over missed calls. And then you, you turned me on to the, uh, you know, the daily umpire grading system. Oh, I mean, you got, you got some guys in the eight, high 80 percents. I oh, mean, it's brutal. it's brutal. It's brutal. You're in the high 80 percent. You're supposed to be a major league umpire. You're missing that many calls in a nine-inning game? It's <laughs> disaster. You like uh, you last, want the robots, don't you? Oh,
0: 100%. Yes. Last night, uh, Junior Valentine was the home plate umpire for Rockies and Dodgers. Uh, he got 92% of the calls right. Uh, he only got 82% of the actual balls in the strike zone called correctly.
1: 82%. Yeah.
0: Um, his, uh, his calls favored the Colorado Rockies by .13 runs. Okay. So the Dodgers got screwed yesterday. And
1: they still, still won. Still found a way still to scrap won. it out.
0: Yep. The Astros had a very good umpire yesterday, 97%.
1: I've got to be honest with you. I think 92% for the Dodger guys too low.
0: Yeah, it probably uh,
1: is. I, I just think it's too low for a major league umpire. I don't think you should be missing that many calls.
0: Especially, the, here's the thing. 10, 20 years ago, whatever, you've got to live with it. But we now have the technology to fix it. We have the technology right. to get, like... To get it, it right. You know, the... the the automated strike zone still isn't 100% correct, right? It's like there's a couple pitches that it'll miss because of curveballs can trick it or something like that. But it's still 99.9%. We're going from, you know, 10, 20, sometimes 30 missed calls in a game to five or two, right? Like it's, it's going to be minuscule when that happens. And so my main, I have two main questions on this. Why 2024 and not, today or at least 2023 and the other one is is there an umpires union that's going to
2: be able to fight this
1: well i'll tell you what the umpire union must be strong because there's guys 75 years old who are still out there being umpires <laughs> i guys, mean
2: uh, what if 2024 is uh, when they lose their contract uh, that might oh, be the answer right? there. I don't but know. Like,
1: I'm just throwing that idea out oh, there. Oh, I thought. Oh, oh, I thought you Chicago Sky. I thought you're onto something. <laughs> uh, no, no, man. He's, too, nah.
0: he's watching those lines, Ed. That, that's, okay, this is just All right. We're lucky to get the input from I, him. It,
1: do you agree? It must be a pretty strong union. They never lose their jobs.
0: Oh well, yeah. It's it's strong in terms of they're not going to fire these people, and we know that Major League Baseball's grading system gives them a two-inch buffer zone outside yes. the plate, <laughs> which is just so,
1: astonishing.
0: Any pitch that's thrown two inches off the plate could be a ball or a strike in major league baseball will say correct call yes. to the umpire. But I like I do I don't know does a does an umpire's union because in this case they wouldn't lose their jobs. All the umpire no. jobs would still exist. They, they would, would make the call right in. away. Right. So I'm curious, does it does a union have any say over the technology that the company they work for uses? I don't think like, so. I don't either. Like if they like they're they change rules all the time. They're changing where second base is, uh, first base is bigger in the minor. Like they try out experimental stuff. It's not like the umpires have a say in that stuff. So I I almost feel like the umpires union maybe they don't have a say in it. Maybe as long as it's not affecting the amount of jobs that are in Major League Baseball for umpires, that they don't get a say in whether or not they get to call balls and strikes or the
1: rope. I don't calls think so. I think the league makes that decision. I would too. Level.
0: So, have it happen next year. What are we doing? We're gonna you're gonna make me sit through another full season of this while we're waiting it on just, 2024. You know, it's just
1: they, they 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 overthink the room with the stuff. Oh, let's try it at minor league levels. Let's do this. Let's see if it really works. They overthink the room. Just just in, implement it and move on. You know you know it's <laughs> gonna work. Like you just said, maybe they miss two to five calls a game, which is a lot better than it is now. And some of these guys. Do you know? I just looked it up. Tell me what you think a senior, I don't know what a senior umpire means. Maybe 50 and above. I'm not sure what that means. Um dollars a year. 450 grand. Ooh. You believe that? Rookies, rookies get 150.
0: Yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah. It's pretty good. Let's see. The uh here's the thing. The best, so using ump scorecard, the best umpire this year is a guy named Pat Hoberg. He is at 96% accuracy. So The best umpire in baseball still misses 4% of the calls every single game.
1: They got to bring this back. They got to bring this in as quickly as possible. You told me that in the minor leagues, what happens is they're told right away and then they make the signal, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's some, I don't know exactly what they use, but there's some, I don't know if it's an earpiece or a, a watch or a buzzer or something, but there's something that basically alerts them to say, Hey, that ball was a strike. ball or that was a strike and they can immediately make the ball or strike call. And there's no like there's no actual um, there's no delay. Right. It's not like right, it right. takes an extra five seconds. It happens instantaneously because if you watch baseball, you see the K zone on the TV. Now, yeah. the one the yeah. TV company uses is not the same as the robot strike zone. It's different. But like we can see it in real time. We know that it in real time ball or strike call. So it's, it's really not that big of a deal, which, by the way, I'll, I'll give you this number, too. So far this season, the Dodgers have been given 6.9 runs by bad calls. They're being favored by umpires this year.
1: Well, I mean, you know, with that lineup. You know. I mean, with yeah, that with that lineup. lineup come on, with that you. lineup, I mean.
0: The Astros have been favored negative 14 runs this year.
1: Negative 14? Yeah, And third you're that worst. good a team?
0: Yeah, third worst. Kansas City and Miami are the only two teams worse than the Astros by umpires. Just another
1: year. proof your team's the best team.
0: Best team. The uh, the Diamondbacks are actually number one. They're plus 20 this year.
1: God, they stink.
0: Yeah, the Yankees are number two, plus 13. Frauds.
2: So uh, the MLB and the MLB Umpires Association actually have a contract that ends at the end of the 2024 regular season.
0: So Manfred would put it in the last year of their current contract?
1: That's what it sounds like.
0: Interesting. Danny, go back to watching WNBA. Danny's all over doing? this
1: stuff. He even mentioned the doing? he mentioned contracts to begin with. Danny's all over this stuff.
0: You gotta you gotta be watching that Chicago skyline, Danny. If it dropped down to one and bounced back up to one and a half while you were looking that up, you're gonna be disappointed.
1: I know. We're actually watching Nadal <laughs> in trouble at Wimbledon in the quarters.
0: Oh, is he playing right now?
2: Yeah,
1: he's in trouble. Ooh, the the aces
2: line is growing. <laughs> They're up to eleven and a half.
1: <laughs> Get that parlay did, ready, uh, Danny.
0: Did Curios uh, play this morning yet? He the... is
1: up two sets in a tiebreaker in the third, I believe.
0: Okay, because that yes. he's. I want Nick Curios to win. Of I course want him in the you semis. do. Oh, what a great. shock! That guy's incredible. You want him to win and then like the um
1: decked, oh de- yes de- like. Like give the queen like a shove in the uh oh, in the uh, shoulder if she comes to the final. About the queen,
0: get the queen out of here. <laughs> Nick Curios will escort her out of here. Oh, oh he's great. God. Nick Curios is my. favorite He wouldn't even player.
1: bow to her, would he? No,
0: I wouldn't either. Who's that? The queen? <laughs> Don't care about her. All right, we got tickets to give away. Two tickets to go see the Black Keys performing Saturday, July 9th. That's this weekend at MGM Grand Garden Arena. You can buy tickets right now at axs.com or win a pair from us right now 702-364-1100 is the phone number 702-364-1100 you want a pair of tickets to go see the black keys at mgm grand garden arena this saturday be caller number eight right now at 702-364-1100
1: you're listening to the press box summer edition
0: who's this american that might beat uh nadal Fritzy. Two- Fritzy. taylor up, up, fritz up, uh, two
1: sets to one Nadal uh, rallying here in the fourth, but uh, Fritzy, he's seated 11th, so obviously he's a great player. Uh, have not I? Hadn't, had you heard of him? No, not at all. I've never heard of this guy in my life.
0: The The internet tells me he's from San Diego.
1: Fritzy's from San Diego?
0: He went to Torrey Pines High Torrey School.
1: Torrey Pines High, ah, there in Del Mar. Okay. It's like going to Laguna Beach in Southern California. I was
0: going to say, it sounds like a place that would produce somebody that's good at tennis. Yes,
1: <laughs> yes, and golf. Yes, <laughs> tennis and golf. <laughs> Uh, but he went to he's, Torrey
0: Pines. He's up a set on uh, Nadal yeah. right now.
1: You knew went to All Torrey right. Pines. Who? John Lynch.
0: I did not know John Lynch. Yeah. Where went Pines? to He was okay. a Torrey Pines high guy. Are they any good at football?
1: Very good. I mean, I don't know now. When I was in San Diego, they were very good. But uh, when he was there, they were really good. Um, but who knows now? I don't know what's happening in San Diego. You go back there; it's so built up. You don't need. My daughter goes to school there. I'll go back there. Won't re- I? Won't recognize half the place. Seriously, since <laughs> I moved to there? Vegas, it's so built up. It's so built up now. There's so many more shopping centers and malls and shops and everything and restaurants. Uh, can't even can't even uh, recognize it. It's Adam Hill's favorite place in the world.
0: I uh, I'll tell you this: I'm going back to Mississippi later this month. I'm guessing I won't have the same problem. <laughs>
1: You're guessing when you get to mom's it's gonna look the same.
0: Yeah. Well, she moved to a different house to the oh. middle of nowhere. But have you been rest, to this new house? Uh one time. I went there like within the first month that she moved there and like she wasn't even fully moved in. It was a nightmare. Oh but wow. uh yeah, I've been there once. Um but yeah, I'm guessing that won't be a problem. Which by the way, is it bad that I haven't seen my mom in like five years?
1: Oh man. Yes. 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 Yeah, it is? Okay. Right. I haven't, since COVID hit and everything, I haven't seen my sisters in years, um, which is bad. Uh, I think they might be coming to visit um, <laughs> in a week or so. But, yeah, it's uh, it's bad. You, you know, and my sisters are close enough to where I should have made a better effort. Um, but COVID kind of messed with that, and then time flies, and, you know, you kind of get back into work and everything. So five years for your mom? Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. mean,
0: I was at this wedding last week and was talking to my family. and was like, yeah, I haven't seen my mom in five years. And they were all like taken aback by, it. and I was like, what? I don't want to go to Mississippi. You guys don't want to go either. So Has she ever been don't... to Vegas? She's been one time. She came out here uh, for one of my sister's uh, birthday. Okay. She and my two sisters and one of my cousin came out. I think they went and saw the Backstreet plays. but that's just, she's been out here once, but that was I don't know, seven or eight years ago. And like five years ago, I went back for a friend's wedding. And that's the last time I was in Mississippi. And that's the last time I saw my mom. Yeah, but I, you, t- people, you talk
1: to your mom all the time.
0: I mean, not all the time, but yeah. yeah, on a, you know, at least once a month, I talk to my mom or, or we're in our family group text message. We'll talk to my mom in there okay. sometimes, all but right. yeah, I just haven't seen her in five years.
1: So this would be good for you then.
0: I don't know about good, but <laughs> it'll, it'll happen. Jeez. It'll yeah. happen. It'll happen.
1: What kind it'll of attitude work. is that?
2: You this got, trip
0: will exist.
2: You guys can bond over the chickens. She's got real ones. You've got you ones that race ones. and yeah. have talents.
0: Except I'll have to like take care of her chickens or something stupid like that. <laughs> Do
2: her chickens have talents?
0: Uh, yeah, they lay real eggs. <laughs> yeah. I think I think most chickens share that talent. But yeah, they have the, that's about the only talent. And they're dirty. I think that's probably the other talent there.
1: I think you'll chickens. be put to work on the farm.
0: Probably. She's probably been working on a to-do list the entire time I've yeah. been gone. She's waiting for me to come back. Thankfully, we are not staying with my mother. Thankfully? Yes. Yes, very thankfully. Um, me and my siblings are staying in like an Airbnb somewhere, somewhere near where she lives. But okay. yes, thankfully, we are not staying with my mother because that's that's never any fun.
1: No, because you're probably up at, at 5 a.m. working.
0: Right, exactly. There's a to-do list waiting for you. It's just what happens there. Absolute nightmare. By the way, I forgot to ask you, uh, how did your birds do with fireworks? Did they care?
1: No, didn't even move. Not at all? Didn't even move.
0: Did you put the blanket over them, or they just sat there and didn't care? They
1: just sat there and didn't care. It wasn't like the dogs. Boy, I have not seen... Look, we both know what happens to dogs on fireworks, but it was really blown up on Twitter this year, more so than I remember. A lot of people I know and you know about their dogs and what the fireworks were doing to it, um, and a lot of angry people, and I'm like, has this not happened before to you? <laughs> I mean, it, it, when when we had our dog before uh, we lost her, it was a yearly thing to where, remember I told you, we, we'd uh, help her out by putting her in the car.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. You guys just throw her in the car and <laughs> Yeah, we and just her threw
1: there. her in the car and waited till it was over. It actually helped. She didn't go crazy in the car. I mean, when she was outside the car, I... I feel horrible, horrible for animals during the fireworks. I mean, they just can't. I mean, most animals, like I said, the birds never moved, but like dogs specifically. But I saw a lot of tweets this year. And the other thing I saw a lot of tweets on, and this is the first time I think since I've lived here, we had them in our neighborhood, were the illegals. I mean, Chris Matthews put out one. I might have told you yesterday, he put out one on the illegals in his neighborhood, and there were palm trees on fire.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. Did you... Did you see the video from yesterday of the people uh, whose minivan basically blew up because of fireworks?
1: No. In in Las Vegas?
0: Uh, I don't think it was in Vegas. No, there's too much grass. I just sent you a a video on Twitter that you can watch. Um, There's a a very loud loud sound, so so mute it. But yeah, uh, basically they're lighting fireworks right on the sidewalk. And one of them sort of gets knocked over or something and shoots some sparks back at the family. And like right at a baby, by the way, one of these sparks like hits a baby. Oh no! But some no. of it, some of it goes off to the side where their car is. I'm and am looking we're at the big...
1: minivan right now. It just blew oh. up. Oh, oh yeah, I th- man, I and think there's a. <laughs> no one got hurt in this thing.
0: <laughs> I don't know the answer to that. I have no idea. Um, but there's like a big box of fireworks by this minivan that caught on fire and just. Oh no! Minivan I'm at gets it right lit now. up
1: what a disaster i hope no one got hurt that was an explosion yeah not uh not good
0: fireworks like somehow we're gonna look back and say how was that legal for anybody to just go buy these things and light everything on fire it looks kind of stupid in (laughs) hindsight